0: welcome to what in the world a language podcast this is not a normal podcast and I actually hadn't even been um, back for a while uh, I haven't had a podcast in a while I haven't had time kind of covid 19 through a kink and a little bit of everything um, in all of our lives I imagine um, but really I just wanted to uh, chime in and, and share my two cents on uh, my first week back um, as a completely virtual online instruction and just some of my thoughts um, and takeaways that I uh, that I had with this. So it's kind of a stream of consciousness here that I'm thinking about, um, but the title of this uh, podcast is uh, Clarity is equity and I think that really for me um, defines kinda this week um, in virtual learning um, virtual interaction the virtual online community and all the things that uh, that we're building um, online so like I said um, my district I live in North Carolina Winston-Salem to be specific the city of Winston-Salem, we have decided in my district to go 100% online for the first nine weeks um, of classes. Uh, This was a move that I completely support. I stand behind it. And I want to say that I think our district thus far has done an excellent job of trying to reach out to all students and really putting the equity part and to access right and to making sure that all of our students in the district are at least have the resources or a link to the resources that they need to engage so for the first two weeks i say that because the first two weeks um we just wrapped up our first week the first two weeks we are not to have any direct instruction on content um Essentially, the idea behind this was to develop community, develop those social-emotional learning aspects um, of connection, and to also work out the kinks um, of, of technology, the glitches that are going to happen, the students that can't log in, the students that still do not have devices. Um, so those are, the, those are the main reasons... Why, for the first two weeks, our district decided no direct instruction um, of content so as to prevent students from being left behind. And I think that's equitable. I think that's wise. I think that's it gives the teachers an opportunity to figure out all the technology, um, the Zoom, the Microsoft Teams. Um, those are the two platforms that we'll be using um, to give our online instruction. So I find that, you know, uh, very equitable, and I want to give them a shout-out to our district, the one in Salem, County Schools. Woo-woo. So far, so good, guys. I hope we keep the work up. Um, So clarity is equity. What exactly do I mean by that? For me, wrapping up my first week, I found that students need guidance on all things online learning, as well as educators, right? We're learning ourselves. So our district, let me back up a second. Our district adopted Canvas this year. In previous years, we used PowerSchool. And in previous years, I used Google Classroom um, for my LMS, which Google Classroom really isn't an LMS, but I digress. Um, But this year, I'm jumping on board with Canvas. Um, I kind of like it. There's features about it that I certainly like and there's things about it that I certainly don't like. However, back to clarity is equity. What I mean by that is students really need to understand the process behind what we're doing. And what I mean is Google Slides, PowerPoints, Word documents, Google Documents any of the other ed tech platforms that we're using. Students need to be guided through these processes. We cannot just assume that everyone, all of our students, knows how to use all of these projects, all of these resources, right? Um, So what I've done to provide clarity and to be equitable is to... Create Loom videos demonstrating how to make a Google Doc, how to navigate through Google Docs, how to make a Google Slide, how to navigate through Google Slides, how to do a PowerPoint, how to navigate through a PowerPoint. Now, I know this seems like a lot, but it really, you can give a basic overview and then students can navigate from there and explore. At their, own, um, at their own leisure. Um, but I think it's fundamental for clarity, for equity, to really provide a basic outline of what these look like. Not only how to do them, how to set them up, but also how to load them into Canvas, if you're using Canvas, if you're listening to this podcast, or not, whatever LMS that you're using, Schoology, um, PowerSchool, whatever else you're doing, do they know how to upload an assignment? Um, so this first week, I discovered that I would say it's 50-50 with the students that I have this year that really know how to use Google Docs, um, PowerPoints, um, Google Slides, and how to upload those efficiently, right? And we've just been practicing. I don't have any assignments for my first week. We've just been going through developing community and understanding how to navigate, log in, and work out all the glitches, right? Because the first day, several students were not able to get in because in North Carolina, we had a statewide failure of our North Carolina cloud system. I don't think that's right, but something to that extent. Um, So there was a statewide issue. But however, beyond beyond that, there were students that were able to get in, but they still had problems, right, Um, navigating certain features. So I said to myself, I need to make sure, first and foremost, so that we all have access to everything, right? I want them to understand the process behind this. So I have taken time this week to instruct all my students on all these processes, That I've mentioned. Right. Another thing that I've discovered. Is less. Is more. Do not. Throw a bunch of technology at students. The first week of classes. Or. I would make the argument. The entire. Semester. Nine weeks. Quarter. Ever how long. You're going to be virtually online. Or even if you're in a blended environment. Less is more, less is better, in my opinion. Now I have my certain websites that I sign my students up as a Spanish language teacher, and those are, those are things that, that I've been using for years, and a lot of my returning students already know them, they're already familiar with them, so there's really no problem there. But I think scaling back and really just working on the, the core things that are needed for students to succeed are the most important. What can you say to your, what questions can you ask to yourself about what do students really need to succeed in this lesson, to succeed in this unit, or to succeed online in general? What do they really need? What can you put on the back burner for now, right, and then maybe come back to? What do you not need instead of signing students up for every single thing that is out there right because we know these tech companies are this is heyday for them you know they're making millions um not even i'm not this is not a a discussion here on um on uh, the political aspect of the capitalist aspect of these companies being opportunistic right and their data mining and the, and the massive amounts of money that they're making, especially Canvas, right? Um, but it's something to think about for sure, right? Um, so, clarity is equity. Another thing, another takeaway from me this week um, was norms. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, at Jadea7, I posted a Loom video before classes started speaking about Zoom norms or as some people call them zorms um, or just online norms in general regardless of what platform that you're using and I found a lot of them not only inequitable but uh, just outright racist in their in their notions in their in their implementation I couldn't believe it I would encourage you to go back and look at that video I'll link it in the show notes where I talk about how these norms are inequitable. So basically, I ask a fundamental question, are your norms punitive, right? So one of those is cameras must be on. We've all seen tweets and Facebook messages and, and articles on um, the inequitable practice of demanding that your cameras be on I don't require my cameras to be on in my classroom, uh, in my virtual classroom, that is. Um, But one thing interesting that I discovered is that students will turn their cameras on when they're comfortable toward the end of the week. So an example, let me back up. First day of class, my Spanish 2 class, I had zero cameras on. No student turned their cameras on. I didn't say anything. I said, it's okay if you don't have your cameras on. I'm going to call on you. You answer. We're fine. That's all I need. I use the tools within Zoom, the thumbs up, the thumbs down, the yes, the no, the little emojis that could pop up. That shows me that you're there. And that was all I needed. And that's all I said. By the end of that class, I had two cameras on. By the end of the week in that class and in other classes, I had... Almost all the cameras on. And that was without me demanding it, without having a deep conversation about it or going into it or being punitive, right? The cameras came on. And that revealed to me that building community, building that trust and that confidence is what is required uh, in order for students to ultimately want to engage with you and turn their cameras on. But it still is not a big issue for me. And that was one of the things I spoke about in the Loom video that I made talking about the norms that students were putting out there, that teachers were putting out there for their students. Demanding that their cameras be on, deducting points, being punitive, doing virtual write-ups for things such as that. Also, another one was clothing. First off, let me just say my first day back, I did not wear a shirt and tie. And in my class, in my school, I'm known for dressing up. I love to dress up. I love to wear ties. I love to wear outfits and shoes and suits and and all that good stuff. Um, That's not the issue. I didn't wear those on my first day back. I wore a nice T-shirt, a Black Lives Matter T-shirt to be exact, um, to be specific. And uh, some of my students did the same. I had some come in pajamas. I had some with T-shirts. I had a couple dressed up, um, and that was okay. It was perfectly okay. No one said anything about that, um, those students that chose to turn their cameras on. Um, it was no issue. I was not punitive. I did not hold that against them. But I've seen teachers online speak about being punitive when students show up either late um, with their incorrect clothing. Um, don't turn their cameras on. So these are all things that I noticed my first week, right? Um, but I'm not punitive. I raised no concerns. It was not an issue for me. So the first week for me was really about building community, having conversations. As I said earlier, teaching the kids how to use the tech at a minimum, right? Minimal tech. Teaching the students how to navigate the platform, right? So we all understand where we're going and when we're going to get there. That's the most important thing that the first week really taught me. It's just to scale back my use of technology, build community, not be punitive. Those are some of the Key takeaways that I that I just saw as I sit back after each class was over and reflected on my um, on my class on my day and seeing how students just brought their personality into the the first couple of classes that we had either through conversation through turning the camera on or off. Um, through clothing choices, all of these are part of the things that students bring, you bring, and we can all utilize to have conversations, right, in our classrooms, in our virtual environments. All of those things are important. Everything that we do is an action, right, that leads to something. So if a student doesn't turn a camera on, what is that saying to you? right? And you need to reflect on that. If a student wears a shirt and tie, or if another student wears pajamas, what is that saying to you? And ask yourself, why? You know, those are those critical self-reflection pieces that we as educators in this new online environment need to ask ourselves, why am I thinking this way? Especially if you're being punitive. Why? Where does your expectations come from? And as I sit back and reflect each day, I ask myself these questions. I've done the hard work of digging deep um, and asking my, myself after the first week, did I, did I really reach out to every student? Was I equitable in my conversations, in my practices? Was my clarity clear? Right? Because as this podcast is titled, Clarity is Equity, I ask myself, was I clear enough to every one of my students? Do they have the same access? And if not, what can I do to help them have that same access? Um, another thing that really works for me in the classroom and also online is honesty. Just being honest with my students, being vulnerable. Let students know how different, unique, odd, this learning environment is, and how that we're all learning at the same time. One thing I told my students was like, look, we all understand that this is, this is different. Some of us really like it. Some of us do not like it, right? I told them I prefer to be face-to-face. That's the type of teacher I am. But I also expressed my vulnerability and saying that I'm gonna make mistakes, I'm gonna not get something right. I may post a module in Canvas and it may something may not be linked right. Um, I may do an activity that you find absolutely absurd, right? It's these f- the reason why I tell my students these things is because I seek input from them. I also seek guidance from them. I know a lot of my students are tech savvy and some aren't so tech savvy. So I want them to know that, yes, I will make mistakes. I do not know everything and that I want us to go into this together with the understanding that we're both going to make mistakes and it's okay to make mistakes because how can I be punitive? if I don't know everything, right? Who's holding me accountable in my work? Who's holding me accountable? That's a question I ask myself when I think about being punitive for my students, toward my students, right? So being honest, you know, be vulnerable, be open. Talk about those things that that you might have concerns about, right? Online learning. So one of the things... Um, that I did with my students this week and we're still doing going into my second week is creating our norms together, right? We went into Zoom breakout rooms and I had students uh, create some norms I will share in a PowerPoint um, with some guiding questions and ideas and just uh, had them come back with uh, two or three suggestions and we combined those into a document and then continue to edit that As a matter of fact, in the second week, that's kind of what we're doing. We're going to edit those out and really come up with at least three good little expectations and norms that we've all decided on together, that we've all voted on together, right? And this is something I've always done. This is not new. It just looks a little different in Zoom, right, online. So the expectations are just a little bit different. So really, that's, uh, that's just kind of my random stream of conscious thoughts on my first week back to class. Clarity is equity. I hope that as we all move forward with this online learning, that we think about our actions, we think about our lessons, we think about the materials that we select We think about the interactions between the students and ourselves and ask ourselves, are we being equitable in our practices? Are we reaching all of our students? And if not, why? So with that, I wish you guys the best. And thank you for listening. And hopefully upload a new podcast soon I'm going to keep thinking about things that I can reflect on through this process of online learning and I hope to have some suggestions and tips and ideas that I learn along the way that I will share with you you're listening to What in the World Language Podcast